Underwriting for AutoLine this week is provided by... In this epic battle of fuel efficiency and endurance, we're here to see which hybrid has the best MPG. That's the essence of a hybrid soul. But is there more to it? The Hybrid Game MPG Challenge. And now, here is your host, John McElroy. Welcome to AutoLine This Week, where the discussion is all going to be about alternative fuels in commercial vehicles. We're going to be talking about propane, liquid propane. Some places in the world call it autogas. And I've got three experts in here today to discuss this issue. Joining us are Abe Stevenson from the Dish Network, Dennis Gallagher from the Student Transportation of America company, and Edgar Benning from Flint, Michigan's Mass Transit Authority. And great to have all three of you on the set here today. Edgar, let me throw it out to you. Uh, You run all different kinds of vehicles in your fleet in Flint, Michigan. You run all different kinds of fuels. What do you make of propane? Well, the the propane autogas has been a real winner for us. Uh, We have an aged fleet. Many of our vehicles we replaced had six to 700,000 miles on vans, typical vans. And the propane. Six to 700,000 miles? Six to 700,000 miles. Per vehicle? Per vehicle. I've never heard of them racking up that kind of money. These are vehicles you would buy just off the corner uh, sales lot and put a lift in them. And uh, we're retiring those vehicles. And in retiring, it was important to us to go to an alternative fuel. And so we first looked to natural gas. But as we investigated the cost of uh, natural gas, we determined that the cost of the infrastructure was was too high. And so we researched the market and found propane autogas. And I'll tell you, for us, it's been it's been a real winner. Uh, today, we're buying that at $1.14 a gallon, plus we get a 50 cent uh, reimbursement from the federal government. So at 64 cents a gallon, it's a real winner for us. <laughs> no kidding about that. And we're, we're going to get into that. But uh, Dennis, uh, same thing. You, your company runs all kinds of uh, school buses for school systems around the country. Is that right? Yes, we do. We operate in 16 states plus in Ontario, Canada as well, too. How many different buses do you have in your fleet? Well, we have a fleet of 10,000 vehicles, and we have about 1,000 this year that will be on, uh, on uh, propane autogas as well as some with CNG. And uh, what's the reaction that you've had so far, the experience that you've had so far? Well, we were testing these actually in in Los Angeles and in Minnesota for the last three years. So we could kind of see them working in two different environments. And then, you know, but uh, the problem that we saw was literally, um, I I think, as Edgar said, was the challenge to move to CNG. We saw a lot of the manufacturers moving that way. So for us, it was finding the right manufacturer that could literally give us the product the price of fuel today, we've probably never will see at this, this kind of low level. So those things made a huge difference for us in moving our fleet in that direction. And uh, Abe, Dish Network, uh, the, the Dish Network that everybody knows, uh, maybe they get their television uh, signal that way. You guys do have a lot of trucks. 5,000 vehicles spread all across the country. Uh, we've committed to 200 propane autogas vans. We we spent over a year investigating different alternative fuel options out there in the marketplace. Propane autogas came right to the top to meet our goals economically. We can save money operationally. We don't have to sacrifice service to our customers. These are the same types of vans we're used to using every single day, while also allowing us to meet environmental responsibility goals and procuring domestically produced fuel and products. Let's talk a little bit about, the, you said, uh, 
propane came right to the top. There's so much talk these days with all this uh, fracking that there's so much natural gas available. Uh, you can get propane from natural gas, obviously, but why go with propane instead of natural gas? Propane Autogas has one of the cheapest on-site fueling solutions. So we're, we're putting on-site fueling tanks in all of our locations. It's very cheap to do so. We don't have to worry about finding other you know, alternative fuel sources out there and driving around and understanding where they are. We can put them right in our backyards and fuel every single day. Well, I've heard, and, and see if these numbers are right, it's about a million dollars to put in a compressed natural gas filling station depending on how many pumps you put in, versus about $50,000 for propane. Is that about right? You're talking about 5% of the cost of a fueling station, absolutely. So in a service fleet like us, we're not you know, having heavy-duty vehicles using all kinds of volumes of fuel. So the economics were right for us in terms of the upfront costs, and it really helps the payback with a cheaper, cheaper setup. Is that what you guys have found, too? Yeah, I think we've, we have found the exact same thing as, as what Abe has found. It's the infrastructure cost, also the cost per gallon is a lot cheaper. I mean, we were, we're probably paying about 240 to 250 a gallon equivalent for CNG and uh, $1.40 to $1.60 a gallon with all taxes included on our end uh, versus maybe the government end, you know, the transit system end. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a cheaper operating system for us, which, by the way, we get to pass those savings on to school districts, and they can use that money back in the classroom where, they, where it's needed. Why is propane so much cheaper than natural gas if you have to get the propane from the natural gas in the first place? <laughs> I guess it's literally a production issue, you know, and, uh, you know, as we all know, propane probably is one of the first products that comes out of the wells when they go to dig, you know, when they drill for the well. So, um, I, you know, propane's been around for a long time, and certainly propane vehicles have been. So, but it's kind of new to a lot of our U.S. and North American commercial fleets. So, you know, the product is here. The product is, you know, everybody's interested in domestically built and owned kind of products. And, you know, so the infrastructure, the product, the price, you know, and, and, and getting those capital costs now in line for the propane cost. I mean, as Abe was saying, and, and, and certainly Edgar was saying, the capital cost for the infrastructure is one, but also the capital cost for the engine. You know, we're, we're, we were literally paying probably 125000 for our CNG vehicles. We've been able to lower that cost substantially with the, with the uh, autogas engines. Yeah. To, add, to add to that, the amount of propane that we have in this country, we actually export it. And we also pump it back into the ground. We have so much byproduct from natural gas. We pump it back, we into, pump the it back into the ground. I never heard that. That's amazing. And uh, we were amazed when we heard that. that there's that much supply. And so, uh, as, as uh, Dennis had mentioned, the um, uh, diesel or the uh, propane, when we purchased our propane, we bought it for a year. And we bought it up to a million gallons. And we bought it at $1.14. And, you know, that brings it down to 64 cents. But when I compare it to diesel, my cost per mile is about 13 cents a mile. With diesel, uh, in the same environment, it's 41 cents a mile. So it's huge for us. And you guys really pay attention to the oh, cost per absolutely. mile. absolutely. It's all about sustainability. You know, today we are trying to be more effective, more efficient, every area we can be, just for survival. Now, I've had other people tell me, oh, no, 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 John, you're crazy. I, I go to propane stores uh, to fill up the, the bottle or the, the can for my barbecue and... It's not $1.14 a gallon, so what, what's the difference here? Volume. It's a volume-based equation for sure. So the more buying power you have, the more vehicles you have, the cheaper your fuel is going to be. Mm -hmm. 
And I imagine, too, since you all have fleets, that you can sign multi-year contracts, and that helps bring down the price as well? Yeah, I'll give you an example. In uh, the city, we, we just uh, employed a uh, fleet of 435 brand-new propane vehicles for the city of Omaha and uh, for the city of Omaha and Millard school districts in that area. We were able to sit down with three or four different fuel vendors, propane vendors. We're able to get a three-year contract on our fuel going forward and lock in that price. So again, literally, as Abe said, the volume was good. I mean, we're going to use about a million one hundred thousand gallon equivalents of propane just for the city but we're literally taking out millions of pounds of carbon out of the air. So we had seen where the city had actually done a carbon study to, you know, how to reduce their carbon footprint. I said, you know, and they were hiring a consultant for $50,000. They give me the $50,000. We just saved you a couple million pounds a year in carbon. No kidding. And w was that something that really drove Omaha to do this, was reducing its carbon footprint or just to cut the cost of John, it, was one, it was one of the things, I think, that did, you know, that, that obviously impacted their decision. We were able to also, on a competitive nature, uh, compete against a company who was bidding with diesel. So, you know, three sixty-five a gallon versus $1.40 or so for propane made our cost a lot cheaper to be able to go in there and do that. And at the same time, you know, you've got kids, you've got communities. Parents understand when you tell them it's 60% less carbon monoxide going into the air around schools and our communities. So it's a big selling point for us. And to your point, uh, this school district can save a lot of money that can go right back to the classroom. Now. Exactly. We were able to reduce their cost, in essence, by literally giving them this product. And, and we're able to reduce our own cost at the same time, too. So maintaining our own margins, per se, in our business, but yet to be able to give the school district uh, a lower cost of operation. So are you pointing all this out to other school districts now? We are trying to. We're in a business. School transportation is a $24 billion industry across America, and 66% uh, and is owned by school districts. And so we're trying to show them that, you know, as the fleets are getting older, you know, that the budgets are tight, fiscal cliff or not, the budgets are very tight. So we're trying to show them, listen, we're never going to see interest rates this low. We're never going to see fuel costs this low. And if we can get the manufacturers to do a real good job, strip out some R&D costs and not have us pay for some of that stuff, then we're in, we're in a nice situation now where we can offer a lot more uh, school districts the opportunity to take advantage of this, which mm -hmm. then lowers taxes in, in a lot of towns. And a lot of people are interested in that. Mm. It's a similar impact for any type of fleet, right? You can save money for your own organization. You can pass savings on to your customers or your users. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, what Dennis was talking about in terms of uh, emissions reduction. So what does this mean? Millions of pounds of reduced emissions. So what helped me understand some of this is we looked at our 200 vehicles. Over the life of our vehicles, we're going to reduce roughly 12 and a half million pounds of CO2. So, okay. 12 and a half million pounds, that sounds like a lot with any type of thing. But comparatively speaking, um, if you look at the molecular structure of propane versus gas, I'm not a scientist, I'm not going to get too technical here, but uh, propane has much fewer elements of carbon in it. So when it gets released into the atmosphere, uh, less carbon. And then what happens after that is it couples up with oxygen, for example, which we typically look at as a good thing. But those, those two elements come together to make CO2, which ends up increasing in size and becomes something that's not good but is bad. So our 200 vehicles, for example, over the life of uh, about a seven-year life of those vehicles, 
it roughly equates to almost 200,000 trees worth of work that absorb CO2, freeing up those trees to absorb other emissions that are in the atmosphere. Hmm. Very interesting. And, and what is propane? Maybe about 30% at the tailpipe, 30% less CO2. Is that about right versus, say, gasoline? 40 to 50. 40 to 50. 40 to 50. Yeah. Oh, even more. Each, yeah. of, each of our vehicles, will. we have 72. And so each of those vehicles, on an annual basis, 20,000 pounds less carbon dioxide going into the atmosphere. No particulate. And so you have a very clean burn. At the same time, you have a very quiet operating vehicle that customers love, the drivers love. So, Edgar, what's stopping you from converting your entire fleet? Well, uh, great question. We're actually at 72, going up to 160 vehicles on propane. There'll be different platforms of vehicles. Some will be larger. Uh, many of them will be cutaway minibuses, if you will. And in addition to that, we have plans for some other alternative fuels, but propane will be the largest factor of our, our fleet. And for us in our community, you know, due to the property taxes, we've lost so much money through our, our millages that uh, this helps us. This is all about sustainability. And at the same time, it gives us longevity to be able to reach out and provide services. So people are living much longer, but they're living with medical issues. Living with those medical issues, they need more transportation. So we have to find a way to be sustainable and do it at a cost that's affordable, and propane does that for us. Now there's an upfront cost to overcome, mm -hmm. and I gotta believe that was a big battle or, or not. And, and what is that cost, you know, rule of thumb of going with a propane-capable vehicle? Well, in our, in our case, literally, the, uh, you know, the infrastructure cost was a deal that we cut with our suppliers. So our suppliers literally front the, uh, the whole infrastructure cost and literally charge us what is equivalent to a royalty in the price per gallon or so. So as we lock in for three years on our pricing, we'll pay maybe an extra, you know, two or three cents per gallon to be able to recoup that cost. Well, now, that, now when you, uh, yeah. let me stop you. Just when you say infrastructure costs specifically, what do you mean? Well, the, the cost of putting the tanks, the pumps, and, and, and all of the technology systems into our locations. So right at the schoolyard where they park all the buses. Well, in, in our cases, there are yards. Uh, yes. Your yards, okay. Sure. But and okay, so that's how you're you're paying for the infrastructure costs is in the price per gallon. Literally, back to with our fuel vendors. And you know, when, when you look at propane different than we would always hedge out our, our diesel fuel or our gasoline, you know, there wasn't a lot of hedging in propane. And you know, and we literally sat down with some of the largest players and said, listen, we're going into a, a five-year contract with a five-year labor agreement with a five-year, you know, we, we want our fuel locked in for five years. I mean, it's the certainty, okay, that we can give our customers that this is a price you can budget and you can put in for five years going out. So that's the reality of what we're starting to come on with today. The same concept applies for the actual vehicle costs as well. You don't necessarily have to pay all up front. We, we put our vehicles on lease. We do monthly payments over several years. So yes, an alternative fuel vehicle costs more. Yes, um, you need some upfront infrastructure costs, but you can spread that out over the length of a lease or the length of an agreement. And for us, we wanted to start saving money month one, and this allows us to do that. Very interesting. Uh, so if I've got it right, it's maybe six to $8,000 to convert a, a van to be able to run on propane. It, Is it that about right? It could be higher than that, uh -huh. based on what, you know, the quality but, of the product. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> 
and and the size of the tanks and and all and that's really where the cost is isn't it, it the, to convert an engine really isn't that expensive but the tanks and the fuel line is where the fuel real system fuel lines fuel tanks it's not the engine for us mm -hmm. I, I keep saying if anyone can figure out how to come up with a low-cost propane tank you can go buy your own island <laughs> yeah well, I, I will I will mention to you on the on the purchase of those vehicles return on investment that over the course of 10 years or 350,000 miles our vehicles will actually pay for themselves, totally. So you can save the cost of the vehicle yes, by switching to propane. Absolutely, absolutely, for each of those vehicles. That's a significant number. And we anticipate in our operation in 2014 saving upwards of a million dollars in fuel costs, cost avoidance. Which is huge. It's huge. It's <laughs> very huge. Now, as you all know, the price of natural gas right now is very low, same with propane. In fact, we even know that uh, Drillers have stopped drilling for the stuff. Some have stopped pumping because they think the, the price is too low. Undoubtedly, it's going to go up. And that's been the history of natural gas over time and, and the history of propane over time. It fluctuates wildly. Are you worried about that happening? Well, I, I mean, we see that and we try to monitor. Again, as I said earlier, we dealing in Minnesota, dealing in, in, in L.A., a lot of it is, you know, uh, as Abe was saying before, it's kind of the supplier kind of arrangements, you know, and uh, weather, you know, has a huge implication on the price of, of propane also. So I think the more gallons equivalent that are used and, you know, then it's becoming a real industry. So, you know, you've got the, you've got the propane industry, which is very fragmented right now and literally needs to come together a lot better as, a, as an organization. But when they do, they'll realize what they're literally sitting on and fleets like ours, more so than probably private cars and, you know, whatever. I'm sure private cars will eventually get there, but and maybe you'll be fueling out of your barbecue grill one day, you know, or whatever. But in our particular case, I think more commercial fleets, you know, in our case, seven to nine in the morning, the bus leaves to go out, two to four, it comes back. So, the, you know, the fleets are back to the yard every day. It's easier to fuel for us that way and, and, and watch our, you know, watch the control of it. Abe, any concerns? Of course, you're all locking into contracts. So for the vehicles you've got right now, no worries. But what about? There's volatility in any, in any fuel price, any type of pricing structure. Uh, there are so many benefits overall. I mean, we still feel that um, prices overall will be low compared to gasoline. There'll still be plenty of supply. And again, we get all these other benefits operationally, being able to fuel on site, meeting social responsibility goals buying domestic product there are still several other wins even though none of us can really see you know into our crystal ball for the future edgar you mentioned uh there's a federal tax credit 50 cents a gallon yes. for every gallon equivalent that you use of propane and natural gas mm -hmm. but that only seems to get renewed every year on a yearly basis do the numbers still pencil if it does not get renewed they still pencil because some of the factors that must be included is the fact that on a diesel engine we have 16 quarts of oil. On a propane engine, we only have six quarts of oil. We change it, traditionally we change those oils out at 4,000 miles. With propane engine, it's at 7,000. Yeah, we're, we're and doing 6,000. We'd actually go higher if the manufacturer would allow us to go higher because it's that clean. It's that clean of a, a burn taking place. So you have that benefit that comes in. So even if we were to lose that, uh, that incentive or that uh, reimbursement, to, from what we're seeing, it's still going to be very beneficial. When the diesel fuel prices went up uh, so so tremendously, 
It cost our organization $1.5 million, and we cannot afford to have that instability. So even if we have some bumps along the way, we feel this is still a winner. So let me get that straight. The, the fuel, propane, burns so clean that you have to do half the oil changes. That's correct. And each oil change has half the oil than it would in a diesel engine. Absolutely. That's an extraordinary savings. And, then. and the filters are much less the cost of those filters. Yeah, That's I mean, you know, we, and, and with us, a fleet of a thousand of those, and you know, we, we probably want to add another thousand in the next coming year, so you know, we're moving that direction. It's lowering our maintenance costs, lowering our fuel costs. You know, as uh, Abe said too, the cost of capital today, very cheap on the leasing side of the business. So, you know, those are all things that are A, helping our bottom line, but B, again, just to be redundant, helping us to lower our customers' costs. Mm -hmm. Fleets certainly still do need governmental incentives at this point, especially yes. as part of the adoption curve. I mean, this is why those incentives are out there to help people. Why, why do you need the incentives if, if the savings and the, the lower maintenance costs are such as they are? Well, not all companies have that hindsight, and you have to prove that case out with your, your particular fleet or maybe ensure that you're driving your vehicles long enough to pay them off. Uh, that's still a nice part of the equation that really does incent fleets to move over to these programs that state governments and federal governments are trying to encourage. Abe, uh, so will you uh, argue to convert the entire DISH network fleet over to propane? It does take time to convert your fleet. Um, you know, it takes several years. That's why the ramp up in the whole industry will continue to, to just ramp up gradually. But, you know, if it fits the need in a local market, the more the better. That would be great. Um, you know, once we get some additional hindsight with our first 200 vehicles and it proves out, you know, internally we're very excited about it. Our employees are very excited about it. Our drivers, our customers. Why not? Now, you cannot buy a propane vehicle directly from any of the manufacturers. You have to go through an upfitter. Who are you all going through? Roush Cleantech provides our propane auto gas solution for our vehicles. You know, Dish Network, we're a technology company, very innovative. We focus a lot on quality and we wanted to do business with a company that has the same characteristics. This was part of our investigation that we did. Um, Roush is a leader in the marketplace, so we're using those, those systems for our um, Ford E250 vans. Mm -hmm. We actually buy direct from Bluebird, which is our manufacturer of that propane bus, who has their relationship with Roush. Clean tech, so we don't buy directly from Roush. We literally can buy from the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Same with you. Ours is similar. We we buy Eldorados. Uh, our last ones are through Hookstra. Now, when but you say Eldorado, you're not talking Cadillac. No, <laughs> <laughs> Eldorado cutaway buses. Yeah, and, just so uh, the audience follows on. Right, <laughs> they have a relationship with Roush, so we uh, order those with the with the Roush package on them. Well, you would think that if this makes so much sense for commercial fleets, that individual consumers were are gotta be thinking, how, how do I get in on this action? What, what do you think is? It, does it make sense for individual consumers to do this? I think the I think the infrastructure issue is going to be something for them to deal with. But again, I think commercial fleets is, as I was telling the Bluebird and the Roush guys, I hope my competitors don't get on this because it gives me a competitive advantage yeah. to get there. But I think they are smart enough to realize that they're going to get this way. So, But for individual consumers, I, I, I think it might be a, a bit of a challenge for them to get their head around this. Yeah, because you come back to the, your vehicles come back to the same yard every night. There, there's that infrastructure there. Uh, I think maybe one of the problems uh, that faces the propane industry is you see big energy companies into natural gas. I don't see big energy companies into propane. 
sure seems like someone could come up with a business model of how to link all these propane stations together. That's a good, that's a good comment. <laughs> yeah. We would certainly like to see more of that. Yeah, and again, I think that's part of the, the, the industry, the propane industry itself. Is, is, I think it, you'll start to see people emerging into this, and, and I think we're going to start to see some fueling stations that are out there, the infrastructure of them that, that are, they're going to be popping up on the highways, and, and, uh, and it'll follow the CNG side. Well, the good thing is there's already 2,500 plus distribution points all across the country. Propane is already used for homes, for example, and we leverage those same distribution channels. So a lot of that infrastructure is already in place, but there could be more. Mm -hmm. In our community, there are many organizations that are now looking at propane, whether it's uh, garbage trucks or if it's uh, uh, vans, uh, whatever it may be. And so there are other partners in the private sector that have an interest. And as was mentioned here, as we have more stations, or we may even operate those stations with a partnership with the private sector to make it available. But there's, there's certainly plenty of interest. Are you getting calls from other municipalities saying, hey, Edgar, how's it all going there? How's it working out? I just came back from a conference. I was up at Crystal Mountain, Michigan Public Transit Association. And uh, many of those uh, organizations are now ordering these type of buses. And there's a requirement that we keep our buses either 10 years or 350,000 miles. Flint's a little different. We keep them a little longer. But uh, many of those, as you replace them, they're now going to uh, propane auto gas. Absolutely. Hmm. Same with you guys. Are you getting calls from other fleet operators saying, how's it all working out? Yeah, we are. We're getting calls from a lot of school districts now who are interested in converting over, having us provide the capital and the equipment to do that. Again, the fleets are getting older that are out there and they need to be replaced. They don't have the capital. We can bring that capital and the technology in together and then operate the vehicles for them. So fleet industry in general is very interested. Uh, can you speak on a panel? Can you give a presentation? Can you come do our TV show? So there's a lot of interest for sure. We're good. I'm sure you all have PowerPoints all prepared for doing just that too. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to thank all three of you for coming in on this. I think this is a very exciting development. I, I, I think we're in on the, the very early part of what could be something sure. really significant for the country. So mm -hmm. Abe Stevenson from the Dish, Dish Network, Dennis Gallagher from Student Transportation of America, Edgar Benning from the Mass Transit Authority in Flint, Michigan, want to thank you all for having come on AutoLine this week. Thank and I want to thank all of you for having tuned in. Underwriting for AutoLine this week is provided by In this epic battle of fuel efficiency and endurance, we're here to see which hybrid has the best MPG. That's the essence of a hybrid soul. But is there more to it? The Hybrid Game MPG Challenge.